this Clayton. This Chris, and this is the Bottom Line Podcast, where Sundays are for football, cashing winners, and hitting dingers. Welcome to the next part of the offseason, because I don't really know what to say there, and since I've already screwed up that this is a third take to start the <laughs> podcast, we'll start there. Um, once again, not a whole lot this week. We've, we missed last week, because there wasn't a whole lot of to put out there. A little bit more action this week, or this past weekend, I guess, rather, where the Dolphins made a trade, um, which we'll get into. And uh, some of the draft stuff we'll get into as well, and then a lot of stuff with the draft in our way too early Super Bowl pick, of course, that we'll throw out now uh, when we during this week. I uh, want to hit our bourbon for this yeah, week. Yeah, we'll hit the bourbon. So we got the Old Forester 1920 Prohibition, obviously. Uh, we got that. It's a uh, pretty easy bourbon to find, like you were talking before we started recording. It's You can find this anywhere sitting mm-hmm. on a shelf. I mean, at least in Kentucky, that is. I can't speak to... Yeah, I mean, it's a decent bourbon. It's a little pricey, like you were saying, usually about forty nine ninety nine. So, I mean, you could probably get a better. You could definitely get a. Buck. You could def- definitely get a better deal on something that tastes better, but it's not a bad try for sure if you're looking to venture out. And it's, it's a nice. It's, like, it's not ex- piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a bunch of the old forcers, so it's a good one to give a shot to. At least I don't think we have any facts this week, do we? Actually, you might have one. I have a couple facts, yeah. and it's... I mean, I guess they're more college facts, talking about LSU. Well, it's the draft Florida. facts. Yeah. yeah. It's... Obviously, you got to talk about LSU a little bit with you. So, with Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall Jr., who are both projected to go in the first two rounds, continuing the pipeline of the LSU wide receivers, and this is from Chef Daddy, Adam mm-hmm. Sheffman. Since 2000, LSU has had 10 wide receivers go in the first two rounds, tied with USC for the most of any school. And obviously, if you think of USC, that was probably in the first 10 years. Oh, yeah, They haven't done really anything since then. And then Florida, on the flip side, a little bit of a tougher look. Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney, who are both projected to go in the first round, they will end their drought of 10 straight drafts without having any offensive skill players going in the first round. Yeah, it's a tough look. So not a Florida. Yeah, well, Pitts will definitely go in the top ten. So I, I would assume in the top ten. So at least they'll have one going in the first round for sure this year. Yeah, Pitts is a freak, man. Yeah, he's very he good. He ran like a four, four, six or something. Yeah, something nutty. Very, very good. Um, speaking of Pitts, brings us to where the Dolphins are going to select six, and that was a big trade. First time in I can't remember how many years that someone's traded from outside the top ten up into the top five. Um, it's been many years, and so getting into that, the Dolphins traded with the 49ers. So the 49ers got the number three pick, and they gave up to the Dolphins the 12th pick this year, and then their first rounder in the next two years, 2022 and 2023, and then a 2022 third rounder with that as well. And the Dolphins turned back around not even 45 minutes later, traded from the 12th pick up to the 6th pick to the Eagles. They sent their first rounder for next year as well, and uh, – they gave up a fourth rounder for this year, and the Dolphins got the number six pick and a fifth pick from the Eagles for this year. So the Dolphins added some more draft capital in their later seasons. They got an extra 2023 first rounder now. Not bad, but that puts them in a, a weird spot now at six because clearly they didn't want a QB, as most people right. should have known, but they continue to act like they might do it. And they were also, I mean, if you look at that, they were also willing to give up Jamar Chase because the Bengals rumors, they were, like we were talking yeah, about. So, so- yeah, we can get into that real quick, too. A lot of the Bengals rumors saying that Burrow's pushing for Jamar Chase. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess it does from his standpoint because that's who he threw to in college. He had his 
record-breaking season. Jamar Chase was right in the middle of it. So why not take him for your team? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people like on that Jamar Chase side, they're arguing that this draft is especially deep with wide receivers and offensive linemen. So their argument is why not snag someone that has great chemistry, like you said, with Joe Burrow. You know, had record-breaking years with him the year they won the championship. And then they can get offensive linemen in the second, third round. I mean, you can get quality linemen. in. in, But here's the thing. I mean, you talked about Sewell. You know, as long as the Jets are done. As long as the Jets, yeah. I mean, that guy is – that's a guy that can strap it on and play – Honestly, people are projecting him to play Pro Bowl type football day one. It's not like you got to develop this guy. And, and that's my thing. They have T. Higgins, and Burrow had good chemistry with him. I know you have to replace AJ Green, but AJ Green hadn't done much for the Bengals over the past few years, anyways. Who would you? Who would you rather? If you were a Bengals fan, outside looking in, who would you rather have? Jamar Chase or Pitts? Not even linemen. Let's just say skilled players. Who do you think fits better and would have a bigger impact? You know, I when I think of Pitts, and I don't know how well he is at blocking in his scheme at least, but that seems like a better fit. You've got T. Higgins that's kind of your number one guy or can be your number one guy. So a complimentary tight end that can also block in the passing game or block in the running game, whichever you need at that point, will help out your offensive line a lot more than Jamar Chase on the outside. Having two premier wide receivers in T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, which they both should be one and two respectively right on whatever team they go to or whatever team chase goes to he will be um i don't know it's tough to pass on pitts who's such a great tight end from looking at the stats he's got all in college and I mean, everyone yeah i mean we've seen you know the tight end position revolutionized before eyes with kittle and you know kelsey uh, kelsey so and a lot of these you know scouts are calling pitts the next one you know to come through so i mean they've really change that position from being just like a blocking, kind of like dump pass. I mean, they can change the game. You, you know, uh, one of the guys at work, he's a Bengals fan, of course, because we're right around Cincinnati, kind of close to. He said that if they're not going to take Chase or Pitts, that he wouldn't mind trading down. And I think that's wild because you, unless you're going to gain some crazy draft capital for next year, do you really trade down and you miss out on Lyman if Siegel's there and you miss out on Lyman if you don't want those two? I can see the Bengals doing it. I mean, it'd be smart to get the extra draft capital if you're wanting to build your line. That if it's deep enough this year, and you want to build, you know, take two or three this this draft, and then you can build on it next year too. I mean, it's building for the long haul. I, you know, what I'm interested in. This is flipping back to Miami a little bit, but so obviously, like you explained, you know, they traded with the 49ers, dropped them down to 12, mm-hmm. and they traded back up to six. Who? Are they look because obviously if they're going to trade from twelve to six, they want somebody there that they know would not make it to twelve. So that includes both Chase and Pitts. Yeah, but Chase I've also Pitts seen a lot of. I've seen some drafts take Waddle. Uh, I've seen that some. I even saw one draft taking Pitts. So I mean, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of Pitts, Waddle, and I've seen Jamar Chase. I've even seen some Sewells and people's mock drafts, but my. I, I think Pitts would be the one they're really looking at, even though they have Gasicki already. Pitts can play like that wide receiver type role as well, brings you two nice tight ends to help two out. But then also, if they do draft Jamar Chase, you've got two number one wide receivers in Devontae Parker and Jamar Chase. And then you add they added Will Fuller, which we didn't talk about two weeks ago because they hadn't made that signing it was like yet. like day of, yeah. yeah. So they make that, that signing like right after we record last week. And then you've got three wide receivers right there that are all potential number ones. I did see they're willing to deal 
Devontae Parker. Actually, he when you told me there was talk with Baltimore, mm-hmm. I knew they were willing to, but if they're going to draft Jamar Chase, there's been a lot of talks about sending Parker somewhere on draft day. Mm, I could see. I mean, how could you not? I mean, we you you talked about it since he, you know, arrived in Miami, how injury prone this guy yeah. is. He was injury prone at yeah, U uh, U So I mean, it's kind of it sucks for him because he's a hell of an athlete. I mean, he's healthy when man. he's healthy. Not yeah. not this past season, he was mediocrely healthy. I mean, had a good season, but. The year before last, that 2019 season, over a thousand yards receiving, played very well. I mean, he was healthy, and but that's the problem is he can't stay healthy. He was hurt pretty much all of last year, and he played through it. So the issue is with him just staying healthy. And if they can get a second or third rounder out of it, I mean, and you're drafting Jamar Chase this round or this draft, I feel like you you made a good decision. You got more draft capital, and you've replaced him basically with someone who's not going to get injured as much. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, I mean, they're going to take an offensive weapon because beyond that you know having three premier wide receivers Mm -hmm. another good tight end what you're doing is you know you're giving to a chance so if you give him two more weapons with fuller and let's just hypothetically say jamar chase then if he doesn't show up he still struggles doesn't make the pass you know doesn't make consistent passes i should say then you can confidently say we have an issue. You well, know? And that's the thing is their defense is premier. Their defense is there already. And I know they've lost some pieces, but it's still there. They added a few more key pieces there on defense as backups. So their defense is already there. We've seen that last season. That's what kept them in the playoff hunt last year was the defense. And now Tua just needs the weapons to put it together to hopefully make the playoff run and then beyond in the next couple of years. So that's what all this draft is. I mean, we have two – they have a 6-18 and 18 pick – they're not going to move from six. Like like we said, they could have stayed at 12, and they could have gotten another wide receiver there. But it might not have been the guy they wanted, though, which is why they moved back up. Um, but speaking of draft orders, we could go through real quick and just run through the top six. I've gotten some stuff written down just from what I've heard over the past couple of days. Is Of course, we know the Jags are taking Lawrence. That should be done, said and done, right? The Jets have been willing and have come out publicly and said they're willing to trade Sam Darnold for less than a first-round pick, which to me, tell, that tells me Salah doesn't want Sam Darnold as a starting QB. He doesn't want to start out there. Of course, if he did, he adds himself two more years because he didn't have his QB in the system, right? But now it seems like they want to go QB, and I assume they're going to go with Wilson. Everything I've seen says Wilson, which leads the 49ers. Of course, they, they traded up to three for a reason. They want a QB. They all said Jimmy Garoppolo is their QB this year. They're not going to just throw him away. But they're going to take Justin Fields. They're more than likely going to take Justin Fields. And then if he sits under Garoppolo for a little bit, that's fine. But Garoppolo also injury prone. He gets hurt every season. He gets hurt week three or four. You got Justin Fields come in. Maybe he's not ready yet, but he plays because the defense, once again, is decent enough to keep that QB settled. And that's all Jimmy G had to do when he made the Super Bowl run was play half decent. I think Fields is better than half decent, at least in, compared to Garoppolo's half decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that brings us to number four at the Falcons, where no one really knows where the Falcons are going to go. They were in talks with the 49ers to trade down to 12, which to me tells me they don't need a QB. But I don't think they need an offensive lineman either because I feel like their whole defense sucks. Yeah, they need a lot. So <laughs> I think really the Falcons, they don't need an offensive weapon. They have plenty of wide receivers. That's a pick to me that's up in the air. I feel like if they are, you know, hell-bound... Because it's kind of interesting. This draft is very, very offensive top-heavy, mm-hmm. especially the first 10 picks. You know, last draft, it was pretty heavy on the defensive side of the ball. 
But, uh, you know, if the Falcons decide, you know, like you said, we don't need any more wide receivers. We don't maybe need a lineman. They feel like they're lining. They don't want a quarterback. I maybe feel like Kyle still, Pitts. I feel like they still trade down. I would think they would trade down. That seems like the logical thing to do. Like you said, get some picks in, you know, stack them up, and well, then take a defensive, whatever defensive. I'm not, I don't. I'm not super I don't know familiar, what all they, they need, need either, but they need a lot. Yeah. And and the thing is, they have the new head coach, the new GM. If they like a QB here, they have to take him, right? I mean, if you're a new coach, a new GM, and you, you're just taking control of this team, you've got Matt Ryan who's lingering now. You've got to take a QB, right, if that's what you really like as one of these guys. Or do you, you know, or do you – if you still think Matt Ryan has two or three... I think he does still have two right. or three and years. Like you say, they restructured his contract for they more did, cap yes. space. They did, So, if they release him after this year, they have $41 million in dead space. Right. Which I don't think they will, because I think... Last year was not Matt Ryan's. It wasn't his fault. No. It was their defense. It was atrocious. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, I feel like, you know, if they stick with Matt Ryan, now if they want to, like, draft a guy, I think later in, you know, try to find that Tom Brady in the third round kind of thing, or fourth, fifth, whatever. Sixth round for Tom Brady, but yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> regardless of however you want to nitpick with that, but I feel like that's what they do is they try to find someone, maybe someone in the rough, but they spend their drafts on well, defense. I agree. I think you trade down. I just don't know who trades up to four because they have to be someone that's really in dire need of a wide receiver. Or, or Kyle Sewell. Pitts, or yeah, or Sewell. Sewell. They really like Sewell. Uh, and the Falcons could take, could very well take Sewell. I think they'd opt out to drop. I think they could have taken that draft or that trade with the 49ers and been very happy. I don't know if maybe they didn't offer him the same because the Dolphins were three, and they might have thought the Falcons would go wide receiver. Matt Ryan's contract wasn't reconstructed until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the Bengals are at five. We talked about that. Sewell's I feel like a smart move, but they could also trade down. Sewell or Pitts I think are smart. Otherwise they trade down. I don't think they take Jamar Chase, which lands Jamar Chase or Pitts at six for the Dolphins. Yeah. Which we've already discussed kind of what they might do. It's very it's very nice. We're less than a, a month away from the draft. Yes, we are. So it's starting to heat up, and I'm sure the next time we record a week or two from now, if we take another week off, it'll be very close to where we're seeing maybe a couple more trades or at least more talks about the top ten. There's going, to, there's going to be some movement because, yeah, they just all the, all the pro days are I, getting in. I feel like usually we don't see this movement either this early. I feel like, you know, picks in the top five and ten don't trade it's usually a month. They don't usually, tra- yeah, they don't trade a month before, yeah. which leads me to believe there's going to be a lot more. And this is just the real early news, which is more surprising than normal. Um, like we said, the Jets, we talked about them already with the Sam Donald. They might they'd take less than a first-rounder. Too bad, Bears. <laughs> yeah. Could have worked out instead of Andy Dalton. Um, I think the next big thing is the the regular season got announced at, as they're going to have 17 games now instead of 16. 18-game um, regular season, or 18-week regular season, 17. Of course, you got your bye week, and now the preseason's only three games. Uh, Goodell came out and said yesterday, basically everyone knew this was going to happen. It was just a formality at this point to come out and actually say it because it's Day one of their two meeting days, so they think they meet today as well uh, here on the, what is this, March 31st for their second day. But he came out and said that there's statistically proven there's more injuries in the preseason than there are there in the regular season. So that's why they got rid of a preseason game and made it to a regular season game. Sounds logical. It wasn't about money at all. No, not not (laughs) about the money that the regular season brings in. But that, of course, adds an extra game to everyone's schedule, which... Turns out to be for the Dolphins is the Giants. It's the Cardinals. The Browns and the Cardinals. One big game people have hyped up is the Cowboys and Patriots. 
for some reason. Um, but games like that, those inter inter conference or not inter conference, but opposite conferences playing each other. Uh, they were trying to do it like the two versus two, whatever mm-hmm. place you finish, three versus three in your division. We're gonna play each other. But it got it did get messed up because for one example, the Browns, if you take second in the uh, AFC North, Bears were second in the NFC North. They were already playing, so they yeah. had to do some wish washing around uh, to kind of line it up. So you weren't playing obviously twice in one season. I mean, it's it's exciting. I've, I was telling you before, Kamara tweeted out and was like, oh, my God. You know, or not, not that exactly, but something along those lines. Kind of upset about it. Um, but this has been in the works for more than just this year, too. This has been mentioned for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll add some interesting touches to the playoff picture, for sure, having those 17 games. Because one team now, and it probably won't be every team in the Division mm-hmm. of Four, is going to have an extra home game. Yep. Because like the Dolphins have their ninth home game this year is against the Giants. So, I don't know if Cowboys, Patriots, Bills, whoever they play, if they don't have the extra home game, that definitely gives you an advantage. Yeah, and I, what Roger Goodell also came out with yesterday said that he expects full capacity for NFL Fuck, stadiums. Yes. So, I mean, now we're talking real home games, the real atmosphere, the real deal. And I, I don't know about you all, but we are planning. Oh, very excited for very excited Definitely for the trips. I, trips. Of course, I went to Miami last year for my first ever Miami home game, which was awesome. We've got trips to New Orleans, yep. Cleveland, Tennessee, all planned. So probably Cincinnati. We'll go prob- to Paul Probably Brown. Cincinnati. So very excited for the football season to finally get started back up again, which, I mean, I guess it's already started with all this other news that's been breaking. But very excited to see some actual football games. Yes, I am chomping at the bit and I saw this post and you know I like baseball nothing's wrong with baseball but it was like hey this is the last weekend without regular season baseball and I was like okay that's nice I am excited but, for the Braves to play yeah but it just doesn't fill the void in my life that that the NFL does it just doesn't like, you I know, love we're just baseball n- we're just not talking spreads and we're not no, we're not we're making not. picks and keeping track of our picks as I'll say the first time we did that I actually won that year I'm just going to throw it out Hopefully, hopefully, last year. Hopefully, you can get some revenge. Uh, the, the picks are all on the blog. Yeah, recorded. So I started hot. You did. So I, I couldn't really get back to where I was. I think I overcomplicated things. Of course, the ultimate goal is for both of us to be hitting around fifty-five to sixty percent of our right. our picks. But we pick every single game, which makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, we do that. I quit my job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that that's very interesting for next year. Hopefully, we can we're gonna do that again, of course, for this next season, and hopefully get some more. We had a few guests on, which is we'll like hopefully to do again. Have some picks made like that coming forward this next season. But we will go ahead and give you picks already for next season because we're gonna do our way too early Super Bowl prediction, AFC, NFC, and championship winner. Go. So the first one's gonna be a little predictable. From the AFC side, I'll even throw this out. I think it's Cleveland versus Bills, and I think Bills make the jump. You know, I think the Chiefs get knocked off. I'm not going to predict where they get knocked off. But I think oh, they so get you only off. you only picked this game so you could say the Browns were making it to the AFC Championship. That's why I mentioned <laughs> okay, it. Absolutely, okay. there's no. I wouldn't have mentioned otherwise. But the Bills make it in a close matchup with the Cleveland Browns, and I think on the other on the other side, this is a little bit more of my. Sleeper, I guess you could say. So I think the Rams. 
I think the Rams make it with Matthew Stafford. I think they have a phenomenal season. Stafford, you know, makes that, you know, big leap with the Rams and all their weapons and their good defense. I know, I know they lost a couple of pieces on defense, but they still have a great defense. Good offensive line, good weapons. I think they beat the, the Packers. So, and I think that the Bills win the Super Bowl. You know, that, that's a very good one. I, you know, I didn't really think about the Rams as much when I was just putting this together here like 20 minutes ago. Um, but I had the Bills as well. From the AFC side, I didn't have a who they were beating in the championship game because right. I didn't. I didn't want to go that deep into it. Some I, people don't think that far. No, I didn't want to. I I didn't want to put that much <laughs> into it because if I did right now, it would probably be the Chiefs just off the top of my head. Um, but I didn't want to go that far. Um, I actually have Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers making one last push before he's probably done. But does he stop the young Buck and Josh Allen, or do you have? Uh, no, I, I have the Bills winning the championship. Do? I do. Um, I think. I think this is the real. They came out last year. They played very, very well. Uh, just couldn't put it together. I feel like they didn't have enough experience uh, on the Bills team to get there. Josh Allen was doing too much. I'm getting chased down, run back to my end zone type deal, uh, which he'll correct in, in the offseason here. Plus, I still have that image of Stephon Diggs just watching the Chiefs celebrate in my head from last season, from the po- or, yeah, from the postseason, and it just instilled in me. It, the Bills are going to be there again. It just. It- like you said, it goes from, you know, this last season of the Bills, like, oh, my God, I'm so glad we're here, to we've been here before, yep. we know what to do. I think that's the case. And, and that's that. I do like that Rams pick, and I could see a, a Packers-Rams finale there on the NFC side for sure because I really didn't know who else to put there. I, I, I told you earlier, Bucks are a safe bet, but I don't want to put the Bucks there because I don't want to see Tom Brady do it again. I just yeah. don't. Um, even though they were the first team in – Forever, and it's been since about nine seventy six to retain all their all starters. Their starters after which is Super Bowl. which is wild, but that's I feel like that's just the Tom Brady effect. That's just something you see with him. Uh, but oh my gosh, no, I don't want to see the Bucks there again. So I, you know what, I like that. I'm going to go with the Rams, Packers, Packers winning, Bills, Chiefs, Bills winning. Okay, that that, that would be yeah, and then the Bills winning Super Bowl. That's my whole prediction for those last four games. I think next. Next time we do something like that, too, we can, we'll probably give you a little bit of a based off what the if you're betting it for a division, where your odds are, what your odds are for your division and and for your championship and your Super Bowl type picks. Because there's definitely some. Honestly, right now I don't know what the Browns' odds are. I think it's plus seven hundred. They might be the same as the Dolphins, but I would take the Browns for sure for a Super Bowl if you're looking at value. Just mm-hmm. off the top of my head, I feel like they're under, still undervalued for a Super Bowl because of the powerhouses that are in the AFC. And like we said, a lot of this can change after the draft too. I feel like people draft w- different, and then all of a sudden their odds change as far as Super Bowl picks go. But the earlier you you make a bet on the Super Bowl, the better odds you're going to get anyway. The farther out you can yes. solidify. Yeah, absolutely. if you could think, oh, you know, I'm going to take my favorite team this year. To I, like I do every year, I take the Dolphins and the Saints, both of them to win the Super Bowl, and every year I take the Dolphins to win the AFC. Championship, and I picked the Saints to win the NFC Championship every year. Doesn't pan out, but I pick them every year because the odds are so good. Yeah. So it's one of those. We'll, hopefully, we'll be able to get some values out for uh, the next time we do this as well because there's not a whole lot of stuff in free agency. Like, we could hit a lot of it two weeks ago. But right now, we're just leading up to draft. And I think you can. We were talking about this work. I think you can bet on who's going to be the first pick. I'm pretty sure I know that one for sure. And last year, there was also like the first wide receiver to be taken off the board. Yeah. I'm going to throw a curveball in here, and you're not going to be ready for this. Right now we're watching March Madness, and we're down to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. 
Who's winning? Gonzaga. There's no there's yeah. no doubt in my mind that Gonzaga wins. That's who we both picked to win our brackets. Um, speaking of those, it's been great matchups. It has been. E- UCLA, UCLA has been fire. UCLA last night. Um, although we call ourselves a bottom, you know, the sports podcast, but it's we talk mainly football. We do, of course, watch all the other sports. So that's been fun to gamble a little bit on them. Still not as still not as fun as gambling on football. And of course, I've do- I dove into the NBA prop picks a little bit. Yeah, it's just been decently profitable. However, I take those from a site, so it's not really the same as my own picks. Right. So we got Houston and Baylor, right? Yeah. So right now I'm looking at Baylor minus five. So I I really like Houston as an upset. Houston is an experienced team. I, Baylor looks really good though. Their guard play is phenomenal, but I just feel like Houston's a very very well coached team. And you got UCLA and Gonzaga. The spreads minus fourteen. Would you take that? Gonzaga minus fourteen. I took Gonzaga minus thirteen this past weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm. I'm. Ta- Gonzaga has hit every spread. I believe this postseason. These spreads are nutty, man. They're they're just, like, they, they are just. What they won else. by like twenty points yesterday. Yeah. That Gonzaga is so good. This they're going to go undefeated. They're going to win the championship. If you can bet on them, still bet on them. I mean, the odds won't be very good. Is this a second mortgage kind of bet? No, yeah, I only say that for football. <laughs> I'm o- I'm only more confident in my second mortgage losers for football. Yeah, that's right. Than I am in college basketball. All right. Well, there you have it. There's the bottom line. As always, gamble responsibly. <laughs> yeah. As always. And that's the bottom line.